it's been way too long and I really miss you. I love you, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM. 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 My favorite director would have to be Martin Scorsese. What's up, guys? We're here this week. <laughs> oh well, that is our that is our guest right there already already chiming in. I fucking love it. We're here this week for top fives and deep dives. We have Rory Cosgrove. Yes, resident bum, resident off, bum, yeah, resident off bum. the street. But yeah. but he's he trains at our local gym. Yeah, uh, it's called Dumpling Monster. You know, I, I, I do the dumpling lift. That's what I do. And, 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 and as long as you're doing it in an athletic way, dumplings don't count. And look, I haven't even eaten at Dumpling Monster, which is right below my building. But which I see this turn. guy always I'll, outside I'll of it. And I think I got to pull him up for the podcast. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. And thank you, guys. I'm really uh, – this is as we can all agree, this was a uh, tough, tough subject matter to deal with. Yeah. It's so really tough week. Yeah. So we it's have okay. <laughs> it's been a real tough week. So guys, we've got obviously we have Mike in London. Let's say hello to Mike as we always do every week. Yo. Hey Mike. Um, hey Mike. We got to say hi. Hi Mike. Hi hi hi. This week our topic: top five movies that make you cry, and. <laughs> You know, what we do every time we have guests from now on, what we have decided, Mike and I, is we want our guests to pick the topic. We want something that they can get passionate about, that we can then get passionate about, and everyone's extremely invested. So Roar and I were hanging out last week talking about what we could get them on the podcast for, because there's just there's not many people that I think would be better on a podcast than Rory. And... Well, We're riffing. That's oh, very, very sweet of you. Of course, my friend. Of course, and we, you know, we're riffing through ideas, and Rory just throws this out, sort of out of the blue. Hey, how about movies that make you cry? I immediately latched onto it. I was like, "This is a fucking, this is a good one," and for such a multitude of reasons. But I just want to say, what was hilarious is Mike. I hit up Mike immediately. I say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" He says, "In." He goes, "I got one clarification." He goes, "Is it a movie that?" Could it be a movie that made you cry when you were like a kid or, you know, a movie that you've cried to or does it still need to make you cry today? And without hesitation, Rory just looks at me and goes, oh, it's still got to make you cry today. Yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. The saddest of the sad. Yeah, the saddest of the sad. It could it, be a happy cry, I suppose. You know, I mean, such a sometimes you don't even know. It's a wonderfully beautiful topic. Right. It's it's one of these topics that makes you I, it's just like it, how nice is it to be to to be able to do it? You know, it, it's like it makes you cry, but like crying is feeling alive in a, in a way. It like, is. Yeah. And and it's so it's so nice to be able to to cry and, and experience that. So I'm with you. I'm with you on this one. And I it, this was a this was a this was a difficult subject, but. Uh, one that was, I feel like, necessary. I mean, we got to get it. 
Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, as we've said, sometimes it's in it sort of was a cultural norm for a long time even still a little bit today where oh yeah guys aren't supposed to cry whatever which one is bullshit but two so i feel like it's it's sort of interesting having three guys tell tell all of you movies that make us cry because yeah. it's it's something that sometimes can be a little bit against the grain, I guess, which is silly again, but I'm just, I'm very excited about the topic. Bottom line, yeah. we had a great week figuring this all out, watching a lot of movies. I, that's the thing. Like how much, how much work, you know, did you, did you put in to like do it, you know, or find, you know, really mining that concept was maybe the most fun. Cracking you know, a beer that, for that everyone. I, yeah, boom, get some. That's course, like it's cool. It's cold as the Rockies. It is really as cold as the Rockies right now. God damn but it refreshing. was like, I mean, it's like you know, we were talking about it, Mike. You were saying like it was, uh, you know, you know, you are the. I'm, I'm just picking it up here, but you're, you're the man who watches movies. And it was, so, it, was it a depressing week? It was tough. It was tough. But then last night, you know. Oregon State picked up a big win in the Civil War. Go Beavers. So my week is good. My week is good, man. Yeah, my week was good. What, did you put some money on it? No, I just I'm a I'm an an ironic Beavers fan that's become a serious Beavers fan. I thought you were a terrier. Well, I mean, Terriers haven't had a football team since like the forties, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's true, it's true. But obviously big, big shout out to the Terriers. After after we got also rest in power, Rhett the Terrier. I think he died last year. That's oh, he tough. didn't. Big loss. Big loss for us. Oh, rest in peace. I didn't know that. Oh yeah. my god. And it propelled. We actually won the Patriot League like basketball tournament. So we would have been in March Madness for the first time since we graduated. Except in 2011. You know. Jesus. And also, you know, you know, I don't feel that bad for you guys because you have like the. One of the premier, you know, hockey programs in America. So, you know, yes, we do. Real. I don't feel I don't feel that bad for you guys. Okay. Well, well thanks for letting me know. Yeah, that's yeah, gonna make me cry again. Oh, again, Roy. <laughs> Boys, I think we should do it. I think it's time. All right, let's I get into it. I think it is time. Let's I get think it. All right. We're gonna have Rory go first today. Hundred percent. Mike, what do you what do you think about going? Rory, I'll go second. You'll go second. You go second, I'll go third. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, Roy, number five. Movie that makes you cry. Start us off. Start us off strong. All right. Let's start it off. And so we're going click Adam Sandler. Wow. Uh, (laughs) Wow. uh, It is a – and so basically if you don't know what click is, click is a – about a a man who – you know, wishes that his life was different and then it gets fast forwarded because he has a magical remote and, um, you know, but he fast forwards too far and he, he can't, he can't recover what he lost. And, uh, so for me, this one, you know, just like that concept is really deep to me is, is trying to make, trying to make as much as you can with what you got mm-hmm. kind of idea. And then also I was on lacrosse bus, so I went to Bates College. Shout out Bates College. Go Bobcats. Oh, go Bates. 
go Bates, Elliot Morgan. If you listen to this, go wow. Elliot. Um, wow. Thank also you. shout out Rich Morgan. Like we always do yeah. it. <laughs> also, also shout out Luke Nichols. Well, Luke Nichols. He uh, and and I'll do like a quick uh, side sidebar on this. Luke Nichols <laughs> is a beautiful carpenter, and if you don't know Long Pong Customs, you should follow them. You know, you should follow. Wow. You absolutely yeah. no, it is. You absolutely should Long Pong Customs. Yeah. Beautiful, and also if you see him wearing a pair of jeans, he'll uh, you know hate you forever because he's a khaki only guy. <laughs> um, so, but I was on a bus from Bates Bates to Middlebury, which is our longest drive, and it was um, it was a five hour drive through the middle of you know goddamn nowhere. And I was sitting and watching this movie on a member PSPs. Like remember what? Like a, it's like a PlayStation handheld PlayStation. Yeah. Like, yes. So I had click on a PSP, but I started bawling my eyes out. And a, one of my best friends, shout out Andrew Barry, if he listens to this, turned around, and looked at me, and he goes, "Are you fucking crying?" <laughs> and I was like, "I was like, shit." I was like, shit, like, yeah, I am. Like, I was like, so, so that's why Click makes the list. You know? Incredible. Yeah. And, dude, in my opinion, I, I mean, I'm curious to hear Mike as well. Fantastic pick. I, I also considered Click for this. It, it just missed my list, but it was definitely one of those movies where Sandler hadn't had a movie that I'd liked in a long time. And I also saw it roar. And right, it wasn't so. It was it, 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 he made it, and you're like, God, that's kind of a good like good. It was good. It was, it was, it was like Spanglish. Spanglish the top in there too. I thought about that one, but I went click. Yeah, no, click's the one to go for. But yes, no, it, Mike, and you're right. Like it wasn't. It's not like it got like some unbelievable critical reception, but. Everyone I know that saw that, not everyone, but a lot of people I know that saw the movie back then would be like, dude, unexpectedly, I sort of, I like cried watching it. And it's, it's true. It's, it's a great one. And, and Rory, I just wanted to note, by the way, we have a little thing that we've come up with where every time we shout out people, you shout out anyone, it can be a friend, it can be an assault, it can be whoever, it doesn't matter who it is. But when we shout out Alex, when she came on the podcast, we sort of determined it has to become a drinking game. So every time we shout ah, someone out, nice. everyone listening has to just drink. So no, I don't have scotch and red wine, but I do. I was have- going to say, the record, <laughs> as soon as I started shouting out, I took a swig of scotch. So I'm playing. Okay. Mike so- also, for everyone listening, sort of has like a scotch red wine combo going on right now. It's very strange. Rory and I are very, very <laughs> curious about it. I love it. I'm very, I'm very curious. I'm like, is this what they do in England? <laughs> no, no, they do not. <laughs> Just, just Mike, just Mike. So it's incredible. So that's that's pick one. All right. So so my commentary on Click is that I have nothing that we didn't already say, but I will tell you an Adam Sandler movie that has made me cry before Click didn't quite make my list, but it was very close. Big Daddy. Oh yes. Oh, Where the kid gets daddy. taken away by the, you know, the CPS, and then at the end they have the whole thing in the court where he's talking to his dad, and everybody calls her dad. It's it's surprisingly he, emotional. He, so he leaps over the uh, the thing, and they hug each other, you know, yeah, and he's like, like, "I'll always yes. be your friend." Yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah. surprisingly emotional. That's it. Yeah, it, it is surprisingly emotional. You know, it's oh, God. That's such a good one. 
That is a good pull. Good pull. But Adam Sandler, that's the thing. It's like Adam Sandler is a curious kind of person, right? Like, he is. He does like some of the dumbest things you've ever seen, but he also does things that are like really heartwarming and like really, you know, life. I mean, Spanglish, you know, I it didn't make the list, but Spanglish is, you know, it's 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 tough subject. You know, it's like divorce and you know, those things are, are hard and, you know, it's how do you deal with it when you have two kids? hundred percent. And I'm like, sure, I'm sure there's like any, anyone who has been, you know, a, a product, unfortunately of, of divorce, you know, being in a family where there's been a divorce, you know, if anyone themselves have gone through one, I'm sure it hits that extra, extra hard, you know, kind of gets you there. Yeah. All right. So we go to two. Now it's are now we it's still on Adam Sandler? Because Adam Sandler, we actually could have an entire <laughs> podcast on Adam that's Sandler. A, that's another podcast, baby. Yeah, that's another podcast. Like top five, right. you know, Adam Sandler movies. So I'm going to go to two. So no, now it's, number, it's Mike. Now it's Mike. We go. We oh, go around. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. All right, Mike. So my number five you. is. I'm glad to do this. It's the first surprise pick. This is a okay. movie that I don't believe makes many people cry. Okay. It makes me cry. I've seen it way more than most people for some reason. Confirmed. I watched it again today. Tears. That is, <laughs> uh, I guess, 2003. 2003 was one released in the state. So the 2003 movie Phone Booth. What? <laughs> yes. That's a phone that, that's Phone Booth. Yeah. Please do tell. Phone booth, I think people will know because it's it's pretty old now. But yeah, Colin Farrell is basically trapped in a phone booth by Kiefer Sutherland, who's kind of threatening to shoot him if he doesn't, you know, sort of confess his crimes. Forrest Whitaker is the um, the sort of negotiator type character trying to get to the bottom of what's going on here. And Colin Farrell is simultaneously dating Katie Holmes and Rada Mitchell. Shout out Rogue. Um, yeah, so, drink, drink, drink. Uh, yeah, sorry, drinking scotch. Hmm. So, uh, the first thing I'll tell you about this movie is that it's written by Larry Cohen. We love Cohen's. And mm-hmm. Larry Cohen originally Yellow. pitched this movie to Alfred Hitchcock. Hitchcock was down, and they just couldn't figure out a way to make it work. And then, obviously, after he had passed, he made this movie. Um, I'm saying that because, like, maybe it's supposed to give it more credibility than it deserves. And I don't know that it's, like, a fantastic film, but 81 minutes. Extremely easy to watch. 81. I've seen it, like, probably 50 night. times. It's it's it's, a, it's just, like, it's one of those movies that's just, you catch it, like, it's on TNT or something like that all the time. And you just catch it, and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm in. I kind of want to see what happens here. And I've seen it so many times. And you don't particularly like Con Farrell. Who he is like one of my favorite sort of Hollywood actors. If you want to say you like want to you want to be able to shit on him and <laughs> I fucking love him. The guy is in so many fucking great yeah. movies. In Bruges, like oh, oh yeah. god, don't even get me started with the Bruges. Did, did you guys see Killing of the Sacred Deer? No, I've been meaning to. Holy shit, that's a ride. Um, so yeah, I like Colin Farrell a lot, but his character in the movie is a dick, and that's the whole point. But then. Like towards the end of the movie, he just he just goes off and he has this whole scene where, you know, he's already confessed 
So he's already had to, you know, Kiefer's making him do this shit. So he's already had to like insult Forrest Whitaker uh, and talk about how he couldn't sexually satisfy his own wife. Then he has to like confess to his 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 wife about like that he wants to sleep with Katie Holmes. Then like accepting that he's gonna die and no matter what he does, it doesn't make a difference. He just has this like incredibly emotional monologue about how he just talks about his you know his insecurities as a person his inadequacies you know in terms of living up to his own expectations and those of his wife and just sort of this extremely just genuine desperate you know kind of last gasp of what he wants to do basically with his life um, and just confess all of his sins mostly for his own um, I guess for his own sort of retribution and he, he did this whole thing in one take that, and he was like bawling. That wasn't really scripted. The people on set literally just like gave him a standing O and they were like, cut, that's a wrap for the day. We're done. That one take is it. It's perfect. It was just like one of these like beautiful accidents that belongs nowhere in this movie. But yeah, I've seen it all the time because it's on TV all the time. And that, that part just, it just gets me. It's just so real. And I, it's the only reason to really watch this movie. God, that's wow. fa- that's a fantastic breakdown. <laughs> it really was. I was like, holy like, shit, like, none of mine are gonna have oh that good of a breakdown. God. Seriously. I never like, thought I'm like a phone booth, but here I am. A phone booth, yeah. But here you are. Oh my god, man. Is it phone booth? What a ridiculous I'm I, I'm sort of I'm lost at words I'm still right now. Baffled. Yeah, I'm ba- I'm with you, J Town. I'm I'm baffled that you know, I was like, where is this going to go? And it just went into an entire different place. Yeah. <laughs> and and look, it it's go. a great it's a great fucking movie. But like, I never thought of it as a cry movie. Yeah, Dude, same. Uh, same. I, that is such an interesting point, man. <laughs> Give it a chance. Very interesting. <laughs> man, that is like, a, that is that is truly a pool that I would not have thought about at all but like the things that you brought up i was like man yeah those are like real things now i want to watch it those those are like those are like really like deep emotions and now it does make me ask can you see something and then also attribute an emotion to that yes can you can you but that's what that made me think of so like so like Mike, what, something Rory and I were talking about prior to the podcast, which I think is something that like we'll probably discuss for certain movies that on our list, maybe all of them. Going deeper beyond just what makes you cry, I feel like there's there's then the deeper why, like why did that make you cry? Like what was the thing there that personally gets you, and. What was it in phone booth for you? Do you know that? Do you are you not one hundred percent sure? It just does make you cry, or is, I, is there something you could uncover about you it? Said it. Maybe... You, you said it. You said it. What was it? Well, I just I just think it's it's you know it's more so for him because we're supposed to recognize that he's a bad person. But I just think that on some level we all have these these insecurities that run very deep. Oh and we yeah, do all, yeah, yeah. Do a bunch of different things. Boys, the beers um, are getting to me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, come on. Yeah, we just, everybody has them, you know? Yeah. But I totally... That's like... Say them in front of everybody, you know? Which is like... that way... Sorry. When you explain it that way, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Yes. I totally get it. Like, like, 
why such an interesting pick this is an unbelievable pick though i cannot believe that phone booth (laughs) unreal unreal last last very quick note even if you don't care about the emotional aspect of it yeah 81 minutes basically thrillers are dead they don't exist anymore so going back and watching uh, a nice little thriller from this time it it has its own charm to it and it takes place in a phone booth which is simply absurd amazing It truly is absurd. I mean, how much, you know, the budget on that one is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. You know, seriously. You go anywhere. Well, boys, after yeah. those two first picks, I'm going to say mine is, you guys might not even know the movie that I have as my number five. And it's because it it really is like in theory, sort of a corny pick so you might say but i don't give a shit it's my number five you just gotta tell us it is the 2019 movie the art of racing in the rain do either of you know what this is i is that the one with uh milo ventimiglia yes yes Yes. okay so it's it's a dog movie and so similar in a sense to Marley and Me, which of course we know ends in a lot of tears, which also was vied for a spot on my list, and ultimately I chose this instead because I have a bigger personal connection to this movie. Um, I had to have a, a movie like this on here because you know I have, I have a golden retriever named Norman, and shout out Norman, everyone drink. Shout out Norman, um, drinking. He's laying with Rory right now, and uh, he's underneath. He's underneath. He's right by my teeth. I love it. And so, look, this movie specifically deals with a golden retriever. And it's with, yes, it's with Milo Ventimiglia, however you say it, Ventimiglia. Um, I always thought it was Ventimiglia. Let's say that, Ventimiglia. And then it's got Amanda Seyfried and it's got Kevin Costner voicing the dog. Shout out to Amanda Seyfried. I love her because of, you know, it's, um, how do do you you phrase? You say it, uh, uh, Mamma Mia. <laughs> Very good. So sorry, I, 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 I digress. Oh my god, this guy. So anyway, then we have Kevin Costner voicing the dog. Um, the dog's name is Enzo. Anyway, long story short about the plot. If you don't know what this movie is, um, there's an aspiring race car driver, Formula. You know, he wants to be Formula One race car driver named Denny, played by Milo, and he has a golden retriever named Enzo whole movies pretty much about their life together and Enzo sort of learning that there is a parallel between what you need to succeed on the racetrack. Also being able to, you know, being, you can use those same sort of techniques to navigate through the journey of life. And it's a really sweet movie. I went into it. I honestly saw it because my, you know, my girlfriend Alex, she wanted to see it. I was like, all right, I'll see this movie. And I left the fucking theater. In I, I looked like I'd come out of a funeral. Um, it's these these dog movies get me, and especially because it was a golden retriever, I I felt like I could relate personally, very specifically to it. And the movie and the movie starts, I should say, with Enzo knowing that it's sort of towards the end of his time. And then he tells the story of his life and 
towards the end, the scene that 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 really took me out was towards the end. Um, it's it's Enzo. He starts to like sort of rapidly decline in health, and you you know that it's almost that time. And so Denny has always wanted to take Enzo around the racetrack, and he arranges to drive him around. He gets him in the car. And you hear Enzo's thoughts through all of it. So usually these dog moves, you don't hear. You don't always necessarily hear the dog's thoughts like Marley and me, for instance. You don't. this one. It's like you sort of hear what the dog is thinking, which I think for for any of us dog owners, you, you know, you always talk to your dog. You always wonder what they're thinking. And I feel like they do such a good job in this movie about at least what we always think that they're thinking is sort of right on brand with what you probably would think. This is such a and my next one. Just so, oh, oh my God, I can't wait. And so, and so Enzo, he goes around the racetrack. He's, he's pretty much, he's sad about the fact that he's not going to be able to travel to Italy or, you know, which is, has been it was something that's going to happen soon with the family or he'll you know he won't be able to care for the family but he 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 reflects on the good life that he's had and as this is happening denny is talk speaking to him and saying like you know you've been a good friend and you just norman to me is like my best friend and so i i hate to think about the day that he's not here anymore but it makes me think of this sort of scene between these two and it right there. It just, you you really, yeah, you nailed it for me. I mean, that's a good one. Like, thanks brother. And, and it, it it absolutely kills me. And And I had the same thought. It's like, I can't, like, I don't want to think about the day that Pika is not there. Pika is my dog. Shout out Pika. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, they're so important. So, so, so a part of your life. You know, and like they are, they are things in, in thoughtful creatures and God, it's such a good one. They really are. I mean, they really are, as they say, man's best friend. And yeah. it's just, it's, it couldn't be more true for, for you, Pika, for me, Norman, for any of anyone out there. If you have a dog, you know, this feeling and you know, a lot of people, if they wanted to shout out a dog movie, would shout out Marley and Me. Great, great dog movie, by the way, if that's what you're Good looking dog for. Movie. We, you know, it, Hannah actually, Hannah, shout out Hannah, uh, my fiance. Shout um, out Hannah. Shout out Hannah. Uh, the, uh, she, she mentioned that one. So she, that, that one came up. I love it. Yeah. And that's why, honestly. So I was debating. I was like, if I want a dog movie, which one am I going to put in? I ultimately chose this one. One because of the fact that it was a golden retriever, so it was, and Marley means a lab, which is close, but this, for me, this hits extra hard. But then also, this one is less known, and I think it's a great one of these type of movies. So I wanted to, I wanted to get it out there. So Art of Racing in the Rain, Mike, you have not, you've never even heard of this, right? No, but I mean, yeah, dog stuff is just hard in general. It's uh, all, all those movies that you mentioned are sad. Though I will also shout out slightly, slightly unrecognized in the realm and not quite as sad at the end, but a very emotional film, Fox and the Hound, oh, which yeah. I think Town talked about. 
extremely underrated Disney movie. Mm-hmm. What about Turner mm-hmm. and Leech? Oh, God. Just all these fucking ones. <laughs> Old Yeller. <laughs> Fox oh, and okay. Hound. All right. Let's, all right. Let's go back to Fox and the Hound. Yeah. yeah. Do that one. It's, I mean, Shadow Kurt Russell. Yes. <laughs> 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 Guys, we have too many shout outs already. This know, is getting ridiculous. I'm like, all right. Yeah. All, right. Set. all right. I think we've got. I, think- I want to hear Rory's number fucking four, is what I want to hear. So, number four will be uh, How to Train a Dragon 2. You are kidding. Yeah, don't. don't I can't wait. Don't. No, I cannot. No, I don't wait, have I it. I the first one. Okay, so, well, the first one, the first one is good, and it's about that relationship. But How to Train Your Dragon 2 is more about the one toothless who is the Night Fury. Makes me always think about my dog. And oh. uh, yeah, so it's so you, you, it was a perfect segue to get to this. Wow. Um, it always makes me think about my dog because my dog has, you know, we, we adopted her when she was six in a, in a, uh, parking lot of a Gelson's um you know and this was a dog that nobody wanted nobody nobody cared about and uh I mean she's a tough dog she's not like the easiest person to be with um but you know just a little bit of love just changed her her life and you know that's for me it, it makes me think about the power of love and just being nice to somebody you know, and, and just being nice to oh. it, some, something makes a huge difference in the way that they interact with things. You know, it's uh, so for me, that one is, you know, and it just and so it, it got on there because she toothless makes me think of Pika and it's how to train a dragon, too, because uh, toothless is looking for a mate. And then there's also there are. You know, there's people that don't love dragons, and um, they're trying to take the dragons away and, and trying to suppress somebody. And it's, you know, so there, there's like it's like multi-layer. But that movie is one of the, I think one of the most spectacular movies, uh, and it always it always makes me cry. It it does. You know, it's Ugh. it's just how important you know a creature just because they don't talk doesn't mean that they don't like you know mean and think and you know like they're so important to your life and uh so yeah so how to train your dragon to go toothless go pika you just almost brought a you just almost brought a tear to my eye my friend yeah. it uh ah oh, that was a beautiful that explanation that's that's the uh that's what we were doing right and you know that's part of the unpacking of it all is yeah, we should have come up with some odds for if someone's actually going to cry on the podcast. It's <laughs> looking likely right now. I feel like, yeah, we're trending in that direction. Yeah, Maybe we're dropping drugs. Probably won't help. <laughs> it's, it is, it is, it, I mean, that's, that's a beautiful part about it is that it's, you know, this topic is hard. You know, in a, just like you said, Justin, it's, uh, you know, I, you know, I say it to Hannah all the time. It's, uh, I don't want to know the day that she goes away. You know, I just don't, I just don't want to know it because she's my best friend. She's like one of my best friends. You can talk to her whenever you want. Yeah. Seriously. She always listens. 
Yeah. So that's my two. Or that's my four. That's your four. That's your, don't jump ahead, bud. We've yeah. got a while yeah, to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my four. I'm like, Michael. P.T. Schwiggy. All right, my number four. P.T. Schwiggy. My number four is the 2007 movie Into the Wild. Ooh. Oh, good one. Good pull. I will say that I pretty much only watch this movie when I want to cry because obviously you sort of know what's going to happen. You know, it's based on a book. Uh, we all know about it, but, um, you know, it, it tell, for anyone that doesn't know, for some reason, it's, it tells the, the basically the real life story of Chris McCandless, who's become like an icon um, in, I guess you'd say, like the traveling community. He's just, he's just an inspirational type of person. Caravan kind of, community, yeah, yeah, the yeah. community. I don't, I don't know what the right word is, but yeah, I mean, he just you know gave up his life, gave up all of his shit, uh, sort of took on a new identity, and just traveled around until you know, spoiler alert, his un- untimely death. Um, and I mean, the whole it's it's, scary. it's a really tough movie, you know, because on the one hand, you're you know he is an inspirational person and. You know, so many people have have tried or traveled to, you know, the the site of his death because they're inspired by what he did in real life. But then, you know, getting to the end of the movie and his his realization that really, you know, what he needs is his family and other people, and then the thought of you know the juxtaposition of what's actually happening, which is that he's, you know, he knows he's going to die alone, uh, you know, by himself in a sleeping bag in the middle of Alaska. It's just it's it's rough to even think about. Never mind to watch watch uh, on screen. And uh, Emil Hirsch is great, but yeah, it's just it's just a just a tough one, man. It's just really rough. I think yeah, you nailed it right on the head. It's the sort of the loneliness of you know seeing. Yeah, he just knows it's going down, and it's like it just has to happen, and it's a slow crawl to get there. Mm-hmm. It's Oof. such a great movie yeah. too, and and yeah, man. Oh wow, that that that's a good I've, one. I, I didn't even think about it that one. Same. I was gonna say I didn't think about it, but that's a movie I love, and and Emil Hirsch is such an underrated actor, I think, and and that's one of his best roles, maybe his best. And it's like, oh, that one does crush. That crushes me. Ugh. I mean, even the way you said it, you're like, God. It's sometimes. Do you guys feel like the? It's it's. You know, you could watch something, but it's like the way someone says it, like actually <laughs> makes it like more painful. Yeah, <laughs> to watch or to like hear. Like what? The way that Mike just explained it. Yeah, I mean, it, it yeah. Made, oh, totally. It more like it'd be one thing to watch it, but it's the way that you're explaining it makes it like. I'm gonna watch it with pain now. You're right, a hundred percent. Now oh, I'm gonna. Man. That's a great, yeah. Now, now the cry. Now, hey, we're only at number four. So, you know, it, somebody's got to drink scotch when you cry. When the yeah. and, and mix it with wine, obviously. Yeah. Does yeah. It. To be clear, I just, I just finished the scotch. It's pretty sad. We did uh, a lot of shout outs. The scotch is now gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost through my next beer, which, and I also thankfully have another beer here. I had three beers stacked up before we started. So, Oh, wait, I'm almost I'm, done with I this. I actually have to go grab a beer. 
go grab a beer. Go I'll grab be a beer real beer. quick. I'll be right back. Okay, okay. Mike and I'll talk for a moment. Turn, get going. Yeah. So it's it's oh man. What a time it's been so far with good old Roar Dog here, hey? It's you know, I for someone, you know, I don't know Rory very well. This is quite the icebreaker. You know? It really this is, is. This is really going deep. Talking start. about our emotions, what's going to fucking make us tick, what's going to make us cry. Um, I'm going to... Roar, you back? He's not back yet. I'm going to wait till he's back to lay, lay out my four because I don't want him to miss it, you know? Okay, fair enough. Um, You know, this is what happens when you bring beers into the equation, people. This Although is, Mike, this... on the other hand, he's a fucking... He's a pro. He's got it all laid out in front of him. No, Good I need man. to go get the. I need to go get the red wine at some point. I, I've started drinking them separately. Okay, okay. Thank <laughs> God. Off. Thank God. Um, I'm like, do we have it? Roar, do we have you back? We still don't have him back. We really lost him for a while here, Mike. I think we march on. I think we march on. We'll catch him up. We'll catch him up. All right. All right. All right. My number four is the 2013 romance. We'll call it a rom com because it's not. It's also on my top five rom com list. Spoiler alert. But it is Silver Linings Playbook. No. About time. Oh yeah. Yeah, we agreed this was a crier. Yeah, so my number four is About Time. Came out in 2013. It's written and directed by Richard Curtis, who, you know, he's done a a lot of films. Another very notable one is Love Actually. Um, Okay, I'm back. We've got, he's back. We got him. Um, So, so Roar, my number four is About Time, which is a two. Have you ever seen About Time with Dom Hall, Gleason, Rachel McAdams, and Bill Nye? Ooh, no, I have not. Well, so it's a fantastic film, first of all. I highly recommend that you see it. Highly, highly, highly recommend. Um, Unfortunately, I'm going to be ruining some of the plot right now. But this is what happens. We have to tell the scenes that make us cry. So the movie itself, it's a time travel movie. And it's about Dom Hall Gleason plays his character, Tim. And he learns that within the, f- the men of the family are able to travel back in time. So it, I, I guess I won't get more complicated with that in, in my explaining of it. Go watch it if you haven't seen this. But with that, so Rachel McAdams is the love interest. He meets her. He pretty much goes back in time and time again to make it perfect. And, Later in the film, or at some point in the film, Tim learns that his father has terminal terminal cancer. Time travel can't change that. So his dad um, does die. But Tim keeps being able to travel back in time to still see him. And a point comes in the film where... Mary played, you know, by Rachel McAdams. She tells Tim she wants another child. And with the rules of time travel that are introduced in the film, once another child is introduced, 
that will mean that Tim is not able to see his father again. So he will be he will be officially officially gone. And there's this incredibly sad scene where Tim and his dad are playing ping pong and they finally get down to what they're really there to say, which, you know, Tim is saying, I'm not going to be able to see you anymore after this time. We're going to have, you know, a third child. And they have this, this really, it's just so, I mean, I personally haven't had to go through it yet. And I'm, I'm very grateful for that losing a parent, but you know, Alex has, she lost her, her dad and, you know, we've talked about that. I've had friends that have lost a parent and even just losing anyone, but it's just, they have this moment and he's like my son and Tim's like my dad. And they decide that for the last thing they ever do together, they're going to go back and relive this very fond memory from Tim's early childhood and so they go back to this this day where the, it was like a perfect day on the beach where they were running around having a great time. And it's just so incredibly emotional and, and sad. And I feel like any human being. That's a good pull. Thank you. I, I feel like yeah. any human can feel it. And it's like I, I dread the day that I have to go through the same thing. But even though I haven't gone through it personally yet, just thinking about knowing that this is going to be the last time you ever see someone you love so much, it just, uh, it kills me. I feel like it's a concept of loss. Yes, exactly. Right? Like, it's just, you know, you don't want it to end. No. And it's all about this movie especially is all about life and being able to accept things as they are and time as it moves on. And uh, the movie ends, spoiler alert, sorry, Roar, but it ends with. Got to spoil it somehow. Yeah. With Tim deciding he's not going to go back in time anymore. He's just going to live in the present. He's not going to use the abilities that he has because you can you appreciate life the most that way it's always like you're living it for that second time and it's just oh, it's a beautiful movie See, that's just where really i almost like you. you know like have you ever seen phenomenon with uh john travolta yes yes oh my god i haven't it's thought about sort, that movie in a long time it's sort of like that 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 one almost like i feel like we're we're kind of in that headspace that of, realm of that realm of what it would be and it's like man it's uh it's a, it, that that is like really difficult like it's it's just difficult to mm-hmm. like just you know that that acceptance right like isn't there like five stages of grief you know and yeah. acceptance is like the last part of it and it's got yeah i mean grief sucks it stinks it really 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 stinks that's a good um, stage red wine with scotch in case you didn't know yeah and then, <laughs> and then that, one, that one just you know you gotta get it yeah and it's and, and it's just it's you gotta find the two buck chuck and then <laughs> get to trader you know, joe's everyone go to trader joe's and you get shout out to trader joe's everybody take a drink you get you get all dirty and nasty with that two buck chuck oh yeah 
Oh yeah. Roar dog. <laughs> okay, What's so we're on three, baby. Oh, three, three is a good one. And this is this was this is a good cry, but this is a um, this is just a movie that like is super fun. So it's Miracle. Um, oh, oh yeah. you know Miracle, and it's for me. It, it's a um, I grew up playing hockey, and you know you just understand the uh, conception of it all, and, and or not even conception. It's just like just being a part of a team is is so important and um you know throughout the movie you know they're they're working and you got you have uh Eruzioni that's saying hey like you know like when they're getting skated bag skated which is like you know basically working really really hard until you want to throw up uh they're getting bag skated and you know who do you play for you know it's i play for the united states of america which is one that's good but that team gets so close. They get so tight knit. And so what actually is the line that gets me is um, he, uh, Herb Brooks brings in a different player, a player from Minnesota. I'm blanking on his name currently right now, but uh, Herb Brooks comes and says, well, why wouldn't I put him on this team? Cause it, him bringing a new guy on would kick somebody else off the roster. And, um, you know, they look at him and he said, because we're family, you know, and that, that's such a deep, for me, it's, I mean, that's everything. That's what a team is. That's, that's what we need to be doing with each other because we're family, you know, it's, wow. you know, it's so that line in particular is what get always gets me. Um, and it's, I think it's Rob McClanahan, shout out Rob McClanahan. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, that, you know, I love that fucking movie. I do. And it's just, it's the way he looks at him and he just says, because we're family. You know, Dude. that's so important. So that's and my another, that's my three. And another Kurt Russell shout out. Kurt Russell shout out. Get some. Uh, I've, I've never seen it, but obviously I'm, you know, familiar with the story. You've never and seen Miracle? Uh, I've never seen it. Oh, my I'll have to God. Go. Oh, there's God. so many movies for this. Sports was definitely one of the triggers that I noticed kept coming up. Yeah, it, I mean, it's right. It's it's there's something about like team and sports, and you think about it, like God, that's such a like you've never seen Miracle. No. Oh my God. I'm actually surprised about that, Mike. I feel like I, you typically would be someone that would have seen it. Well, I'm glad that I've got the recommendation here, and I'll watch it. I I, <laughs> I I'm a little bit like. It's one of those that because you know the story, I'm I'm a little bit hesitant about if it's going to be worth it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, so no, I mean, it's worth to, it. To it's it. worth it. It is, and I'm not a it's worth it. Not even because it's like a you know movie that would make you cry. It's just a movie that makes you feel great. And sometimes feeling great is uh, makes you cry. You know, you know that's yes, true. Yeah. Yes, it does. I mean, I don't know if any. I don't have one personally, but like. Before we did this, I was wondering if anyone was going to try to throw a twist in in here and like, oh, I got a twist. Get, like, well, br- br- okay, I won't even say anything. I won't so even say anything. Let me go right to my number three then. <laughs> okay, my there we go. Is it's got happy cries and sad cries. Oh, baby. Okay. Oh, so, and I have a movie to pair with it, which is just a comedy. And Justin, you lose your mind when you hear it. I can't wait. So, okay, my number three is. 
1989, Dead Poets Society. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Good one. Good pull. That's oh, a captain, my captain. You know, I feel like you you see this movie like when your sixth grade science teacher is sick for like a week and the sub just like, shows you the shit. And like, you know, it's good, but like, I feel like you need to re up every couple of years and watch this movie to like get yourself centered because you only appreciate it more as you've sort of ignored all the advice in it. But yeah, so, you know, it's these bunch of kids at a prep school. The two main kids are Ethan Hawke and Robert Sean Leonard from a house. And then, uh, you know, they're at this prep school. They're all like planning for their Ivy League education and, you know, yuppie life. Got 11. And they get, uh, you know, injection of Robin Williams as a crazy teacher who comes in and teaches them all about poetry and carping the DM. And, uh, you know, they all like fully buy into the message and start to see, you know, the beauty of life and they don't necessarily want to do you know, just what their parents want them to do. Um, and and it's it's a great story. By the way, Town, I don't know if you knew this, but the Robin Williams character is based on a teacher who teaches at UConn in stores. No way. Uh, That's incredible. But, yeah. So there's, there's two big cries here for me. I mean, it's 89, so I'm not saying spoiler alert. Uh, one of the characters, <laughs> you know, because his dad, who's the dad from that 70s show, and he basically plays the dad from that yes, 70s yes, show. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Uh, he, you know, he doesn't want his kid to act, and he that wants TV to show act. That I've never seen, actually. That never 70s show? You've never what? Seen it? Yeah. Roar! Wait, town, town, you've never seen Fresh Prince, so shut up. Oh, you've never seen Fresh Prince? Oh my god! All right, this is this. Is, <laughs> no, let's not get off the rails. Let's not get okay. The rails. <laughs> so so uh, yeah, so Robert Sean Leonard's character commits suicide because his dad basically won't let him be an actor and isn't going to let him follow his dreams, and that's sad enough. But then, when Robin Williams is like going through his school books and he sees that like they've been you know keeping on his legacy of this like dead poet society club. And he just like breaks down and cries at the kid's desk. Absolutely just kills me every time. And then of course, if you know anything about movies, you know about the end of this with the, Oh captain, my captain scene is that sort of happy inspirational tears uh, to bring you through. But it's just, uh, I, I said it already, but I just love this movie more and more as I get older because the message right. is just still Nailed important. It. You just hit it right on the head. You just hit it right on the head. I mean, that's what it is. And I mean, as you get older, like you pre, like, got it. Because you didn't do what the movie said. Like you kind of did, but you didn't really. You know, right. you can yeah. never go full Robin Williams on it. You guys want to know something crazy? Please tell me you've seen this movie. Oh my god! I just saw it for the first time this year. It was I have so I have this very long movie list of movies i need i want to see yeah which is this surprisingly very long which (laughs) you know you as a person it it is like you know i feel like you've you've seen a ton of stuff but like sometimes we were talking about it last sunday you haven't seen like a lot of things yeah and it's it's to me i know because as you know, of course, I see a lot of shit, but there's also random classics that I haven't seen. And this was, I'd say, definitely speaking of top fives and deep dives, this was in the top five offenders, like top five that I needed to see that was an absolute classic. 
that I hadn't. And it's been on my list for years and years. And for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. It happened. Great film, of course. I knew about, you know, the Oh Captain, My Captain. But um, yeah, I mean, dude, there's I, there's nothing bad I can say about this pick. I mean, dude, so, I mean it's great. So it's a great pick. And actually, so there, I got to go pick that. No, no, no. Oh, well, I got I to gotta pick that's like kind of ties into this one too. So, God, we're all thinking in the same headspace. So I have a movie that I think is very similar to this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is actually a comedy, but I have cried. I've seen it a lot of times, but I've cried at least half the times that I've seen it. And this one town, you're going to absolutely lose it because it is. And there's like an honorable mention. Yes. It yeah. is accepted with Justin Long. <laughs> what? This movie literally brings me to tears like half the time because it's a very similar idea about following your dreams and like not listening to what society tells you to do and obviously it doesn't have quite the same thing because they're like slightly older kids but it's really a similar concept and it just them kind of being able to do it at the end of that movie which is a comedy is like sort of happy tears of like i kind of want to live in a society where this is actually true oh my god mm. roar roar have you seen accepted it this is with justin long and yeah, uh, it's like when they're trying to get into Harvard, right? And then, is that what it is? Or the, no, that might they, be stealing, they stealing Harvard. SAT scores? Or that's stealing Harvard. Oh, that could be the score. But no, you are score. right about Justin Long being in this. But, 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 bro, you need to know, Mike is like one of the biggest Justin Long fans I know. I Justin Long <laughs> is fantastic. And shout out Justin Long. He has a good podcast. He has a great podcast, which yeah. we talked about on the last episode of this podcast. Week. With, we were talking about the episode with Vince Vaughn, who's in Into the Wild. He is. He is. He's a tractor-driving son of a Midwestern son of a bitch. Oh, my God. The amount really- of – the spider web we're building right now is just uh, – yeah. it's, it's really deep. It, it, it gets all over the place. But Justin oh Long – God. Justin Long gets some. Get some. All I'm right. Fanta- just like Just a fantastic actor. Like underrated, underrated, fantastic. All right, boys, <laughs> boys, I'm going to bring it into, into it's blockbuster time for my, oh, number three. here we go. Oh, daddy. So my number three, it's one of the first films that truly made me ball. Mm, it's a so. 1998 blockbuster Armageddon. Ooh, Get so some. that is a good <laughs> yeah fuck yes so directed by the one and only michael bay and you know what i never knew until researching it for this guys one of the two writers of armageddon no wonder that it's actually a pretty fucking well-written movie is jj abrams get the fuck out of here really yep one of his first things he ever worked on. Oh, really? Yep. Oh Unbelievable. God. Not even like just a little bit. Like there are two writers for the film and he is one of them. Um, Which again, I've always been like, you know, people like to trash Michael Bay, but I always felt like Armageddon was really well done. Now I know why. I mean, um, Michael, Michael Bay is kind of like, you know, I mean, he has, he has his thing. He has his, he I mean, has he did do bad boys too, which is one wait, of Mike and I's favorite I movies ever. Really so funny about Michael Bay. What? What? Michael Bay was 
discussed as a possibility to direct Phone Booth and is basically quoted as saying, he literally is quoted as saying, he looked at the script and went, how can we get him out of the phone booth? And they were like, get out of here. You're off the project. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, what can we blow up? Yeah. And they were like, no, that's not it. Oh my God. All right. Well, I'm going to, so anyways, Armageddon, we got Bruce Willis. We got Ben Affleck. We've got Liv Tyler, Billy Bob Thornton. Steve Buscemi. We've got some other great, some Billy other Bob great guys well. at the at the helm. You know, you know, he's Space Command. Yeah, he's Billy Space Bob Command. Thornton. Yeah, and so I mean, I, I'm thinking most people listening have seen Armageddon, but you know, the 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 very basic Armageddon, plot. You're just you're, you should you, you just don't live. You haven't lived. Life. Yeah, you haven't lived. You haven't lived. I haven't seen Armageddon. <laughs> but it's like anyways i saw this in theaters when i was a kid it came out in 98 so we were like you know like i was like nine years old i think um anyways there's a media you know there's like a meteor right there's a meteor coming for earth an asteroid that was going to hit the earth and they have to get this crew together that can go up there and put a nuclear weapon into it detonate that and it's going to split the asteroid into two halves that'll that'll fly past Earth safely. So it's this big, big blockbuster. And, and Bruce Willis plays Harry, who is the, the dad to Grace, which is Liv Tyler. Ben Affleck, whose name is AJ in the film, he is dating Liv Tyler. And... It all comes down to them going, getting up there finally for the last, you know, the last part of the movie. Some some things go wrong, and so one person is going to have to stay behind to detonate the bomb manually. That person obviously is going to die, and they draw straws. It of course ends up being AJ Ben Affleck and Harry, who you know he's a bit of a, a bit of a hard ass the whole film. You know, he gives AJ a lot of shit and a lot of a lot of, you know, he he gives him a, a lot of tough love, we'll say. But he tells AJ, you know, oh, I'm going to bring you down to, to that. going to bring you down there. And so as they exit the airlock to get to where he's going to have to manually detonate the bomb, Harry like rips off uh, like AJ's air air hose or whatever and he shoves him back inside I would say air, the airlock. Air hose is kind of like the right, yeah. Yeah, you think that's right? <laughs> and so so he shoves him back inside the airlock, and he essentially is sacrificing himself. So he, he tells him, in sort of a very emotional scene, he tells him he's the son he never had, and, you know, he'd be proud to have him marry his daughter. And... It's a very emotional scene. And then, of course, what just I personally was already tearing up and crying at that. But then he has to call Grace, his daughter. And throughout the whole movie, we know they're very, you know, they have a very close relationship. And uh, he has to call her to say goodbye. It's a good one. I that. I mean, you're hitting it, 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 like, it, dude. I was wondering. So this is the thing. When, when Roar, when you were like, "Look, we got to still cry today," 
I was like, yeah. am I still going to cry today? Because when I think of when I was a kid, there's a few movies, and I won't say them this moment just in case they're either yours up there, but I will mention them after. There's a couple other movies from when I was a kid that made me cry. This was one of three that immediately jump out at me. And so I thought, and for me, those other two did not make my list. I was like, you know, I rewatched them. I was what, like, are they make me end up in the honorable mention or will they, they will, they will, but I don't want to say them in case they're on either of your lists. And so okay. I, you know, those two didn't make the cut. I was like, you know, they make me sad, but they don't make me cry. So I watched this, didn't know if it would. I was fucking water man. Good, good distinction. Sad and cry. Oh. Yeah. I mean, some of these movies make you sad as shit, but they don't make you cry. And if they don't make you cry, then it doesn't count. Say, what the fuck are we talking about here? Exactly. And so <laughs> this one killed me, man. I mean, I thought it stood the test of time 100%. And again, I mean, it's about... It's about loss. It's similar to my about time pick. Yeah. It's loss fucks lost, me up. I've yeah. lost a couple really close friends and I couldn't imagine, you know, I, I, I hate the thought of losing people that you love so much that are part of your everyday life. And this one, this one tugs at my heartstrings. Boom. And the, the sacrifice of this one too, right? It's loss yeah, yes. Yeah, they, yes. They, yes. They, oh, they, the sacrifice of it all is i mean it's and do you how much can you actually do right and then i mean it's 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 self yeah that selfless sacrifice god it's such a good a good idea good concept. dude and honestly if you guys haven't watched it in a while it's such a it's fucking really good movie good and i'm a big ben affleck guy like, you know i like Ben. me affleck. too like um you know i think he's uh He's a great actor, and Bruce Willis. I mean, come on, how do we not like Bruce Willis? But Steve Buscemi, Steve oh. Buscemi in that movie? Are you kidding me? Incredible, incredible, and also so, why am I thinking of just have a giant, a- uh, giant? Uh, his name is like Bear in the movie, but like the giant black guy. John, he has like a John B. Michael Michael Clark Duncan. Oh, oh, oh no, 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 that's it, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, wait. He's in Armageddon? Are you kidding me? Isn't he? Yeah. Big Wait, time. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yes, 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 yes. I'm yeah. an idiot. Of course he is. Michael yeah. Clark Duncan. Big time. I, I was literally thinking of, for a second, I was thinking of what's-his-face. Um, oh, uh, Keith David, because he's also in it. Keith you know David. him? Oh, I he's know the exactly. general. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, dude, also... Oh, my God. I forgot to name a couple of people for this. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. I, like, blacked out after Steve Buscemi. But we also have, of course, fucking Owen Wilson in this. How did I, I mean, not mention Owen Wilson? Early Owen Wilson. Yeah. Early. Dude. Yeah. You've got Owen Wilson. You've got what's-his-face. Um, uh, Will, William William Fitchter. You know him? He's great, too. You know him if you saw him. You know him if you saw him. And then, and then Will Patton, who, who plays Chick. Who's, that guy's awesome. Um, but just a couple of shout outs, just a couple of shout outs. Um, oh man. Yeah. So Armageddon, that's what, that's my pick. That's my pick. Dope, dope, dopey dope. Is it on me? Boys. Roar. What? I have a number. We're down to number two, kid. Okay. So number two is going to like, so again, I just love these segues that we're having. So number two is October sky. Yeah. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, okay. I've never seen it. Uh, excuse me. I know. I know. 
You've never seen October Sky. I've never I've fucking October seen Sky, for, for those that are listening, is about a child who lives in West Virginia, which is close to Pittsburgh, which is near and dear to my heart. Wow. Um, it's it's about a rocket scientist. And living in West Virginia, I will say, is education isn't you know the best or the greatest. And uh, he was doggedly determined, uh, you know, to be a rocket scientist. And it just, you know, I so that's what the other thing that makes me cry is determination and just loving that. And, you know, so basically the, it, it makes me, when I'm going through my list, I'm like, ah, man, but like October Sky, if you haven't seen it, Jake Gyllenhaal, who is, you know, crazy good crazy good actor but it's i mean it's about like you know if if you've never been to west virginia west virginia is uh, i wouldn't say a backwards place but it's it's a place that is (laughs) it's it's a place that it's it's hard it's hard and uh you know you made it happen and uh you know it's he was a smart person and i think when you have good brains sometimes you got to just overcome got to rise above and this one this one i was i didn't want to go to but i do have honorable mention and i was going to go miracle than this next one so my honorable mention will be you know for the honorable mentions (laughs) but october sky if you haven't seen it fantastic movie watch it yeah, Laura Dern and the Shermanator makes an appearance in this one. And the Shermanator. Oh it, my God! Wait, guys, can I say something? I'm. I have to. I have to go on the slightest tangent. So, everyone listening, you know, we record these a week before we release them. So it was just Thanksgiving, and I need both of you to know that the way that I spent my Thanksgiving was going on a very spur of the moment. American Pie watch watched one through three on Thanksgiving night and then watched reunion yesterday. Ah, uh, uh, really like truly, you know, like honestly, like one of the more, more ridiculous movies. I mean, every, absolutely. Everybody knows it. And this is shout out to Molly Shannon. The first time I saw boobs. Wait, what? Molly Shannon. Oh, 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 Shannon Elizabeth. Shannon, Shannon Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Oh, <laughs> 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 incredible incredible shannon, yeah shannon elizabeth another shout out she got a shout out last week and this week an iconic an iconic moment for all boys growing up yes. in that era truly shannon elizabeth truly truly and now we've we've all matured and, and gotten you know you know much much more not enamored we don't even look anymore so we like to say so we like to say oh my god anyway that's my american pie tangent shermanator i love it i need to watch october sky i that's shooting towards the top of my list now it's a it's a movie that uh you will not regret watching i'm ready october sky and you'll get to see a little bit of west virginia which is everybody should the the oddest uh shape state (laughs) It, like, it, it looks whoa, ridiculous. whoa, whoa! Are you sure about that? The oddest shaped state. I think it's West the Virginia. Oddest. Yeah, West Virginia. I mean, look at it. It's ridiculous. It looks I'm like gonna, I can't wait to look at it. Crane with like a big belly. 
actually, I can't really dispute that. I mean, Delaware is pretty jacked up, but anyway, okay. Delaware is just so tiny, but it's like West Virginia is the oddest shaped state. And I will say this just only because it's a shout out Pittsburgh and I'm cracking the beer for Pittsburgh. I love you guys. Anyone that listens to this, 412 till I die. Wow. Um, uh, this this guy's hoping that the Steelers actually play this week with all the fucking COVID problems. I don't know. And, of course, Baltimore. Actually, the weirdest – well, Baltimore and Maryland stinks. It just stinks. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore, we love you. Don't listen to this man. No, oh. Baltimore stinks. I've got another. I've got another beer opening. Like the top five reasons I don't like Baltimore. <laughs> this is uncalled for. Oh my god. It's uncalled for. We like, we like the wire and we like Cal Ripken, and that's the list. Hey, you know what? I mean, I don't really have any ties to Baltimore. So, you know, I if I had to choose, I've never been to Baltimore or Pittsburgh, and if I had to choose one, I'd choose Pittsburgh without a doubt. All right. This is enough. You know, cereal. If you've if you've seen cereal, we don't have cereal killers. Yeah, <laughs> you know, cereal killers live in Baltimore. God, oh, dear this, Lord, this has gone off the rails. I'm like, okay, I'm okay, okay. take us next. Yeah, okay, take my, us to the next one, Mike. Two, my number two is a segue from Armageddon, which, while I have the floor, I'm going to reiterate: I have not seen Armageddon. Uh, I missed that. What? Wait, what? So, so town, we've talked a lot about, you know, oh my, uh, my particular mm. taste in films over the course of the podcast. Yes. We know I don't like sci-fi. We know I don't like fantasy. It's we know neither. I do like, we do know I do like Justin Long. Yeah. Uh, one thing we haven't talked about is I hate space. Fuck oh space. I hate it's space. Crazy. I would never fuck? I don't want to hear about movies about it. I don't want to I don't I don't, I don't like space. Get it the fuck gravity, out of here. Gravity, I haven't seen October Gravity, gravity fucked me up. I mean that is a terrifying movie. Dude, so just I, fuck I, space. We don't need space. I'm fine. Oh my down god. Here. This is I fucked up. Fine. I'm pissed right now. Space is one of my favorite fucking things. Get space out of here. 2001 A Space Odyssey has got to be one of the greatest fucking films ever made, as is guess, Sunshine. Guess what else I haven't seen? 2001 A Space Odyssey. It's right in the name. I'm not watching you. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Satellites. I'm not in the same fucking apartment as you right now. All right. All Give right. us your number two, you son of a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> Segway from Armageddon. Featuring Michael Schwarzenegger, the Green Mile. Wow! Say it again, Green Mile. Oh my uh, God! Uh, Michael Clark D. Like oh Mark Michael Schwarzenegger is the the fucking star of the podcast right now. Wow. Yeah, I mean, in, in case somehow you don't know, this is you know it's about sort of Depression era. Tom Hanks and a bunch of other actors are are, are prison guards and on death row. And Michael Clark Duncan is really kind of the main character, even though he doesn't have as much screen time as some others. Um, he's a prisoner on death row. Uh, Sam Rockwell is also a prisoner on death row and is fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. It's it's a little bit sort of supernatural in a sense, but basically, well, I don't want to say anything else, but it's it's 
this I mean, movie yeah, is. You can do it. I mean, if you haven't seen Green Mile yet, then it's like come you're on. fucking up. So, yeah, like so. What the yeah, Michael you Duncan is. You know, he's made to be even bigger than he is in real life, which is almost impossible. But he's literally like a, a gentle giant, um, and he has this kind of supernatural, angelic, you know, religious ability to perform miracles, um, and that kind of drives the whole thing. But basically because of the time it is and kind of the story that's been developed strangely by Stephen King, in case anybody didn't know that um, it, it, he has to be executed uh, at the end of the movie. And the, you know, the whole thing is pretty sad, but then when he's actually in the electric chair and he's, he's like crying and he's just like pleading that they don't put the hood over he's his head. Scared of the dark. Oh, of the dark. It's that, Holy that, oh shit. my God, I mean, yeah, that scene. And, and in all honesty, it's just gotten more sad because the real life Michael Clark Duncan is in many ways similar to his character where he's kind mm-hmm. of a misunderstood gentle giant who, you know, even after he got the you know Oscar nomination for this supporting actor role, he still never really got more dramatic roles. Like he is very much his own character. And rest uh, and in peace to the he's legend. No longer with us, so it's yeah, you, know, you kind of feel the reality of it, and it's, this yeah. one just gets more and more sad over time. I'm it, 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 it. See, that's such wow, wow. It does get sadder over time, and good fucking call. Like, oh my goodness, like that. It's so true. It's you know because it, wasn't he put in prison originally because it, it was the two twins. That he killed. Yeah, which he didn't. He didn't murder. But he didn't murder them. But that's what he's. Yeah, he didn't he murder. Them. That was the. That was like he was in there. And oh God, that yeah, that movie is. I I I don't think there's anything scarier than the electric chair or like being like killed for something that you didn't do. Mm-hmm. But yeah. this is something the, that happens so much more than it should. You know, yeah. Tom Tom Hanks is basically you know. So by the end. He, you know, Michael Clark Duncan's performed enough miracles that everybody in the prison, you know, understands what's going on here and believes in it 100%. And Tom Hanks is basically like, you know, I'll do anything I can, you know, losing my job, whatever it is to, you know, get you out of here. And he's basically like, I want to die because having to live knowing how shitty the world is basically is the worst thing yeah. in the world. And it's just, oh God, the whole like you just got existential with it. (laughs) You just got exit. You know, it is. You're right, though. You're so right. And then movies, right? You know the way the way that it is. It's. And if somehow you haven't seen it and you're intimidated by the fact that it's over three hours, there. I especially this week, I watched a bunch of movies that are long. Uh, This one is. It does a lot in those three hours. It really doesn't drag. It's it's totally worth it. The story's great. There's a ton of great performances. Uh, Michael Clark Duncan didn't win the Oscar, though he probably should have, even though I know it was. It's I can't remember. That he what. didn't even like. I, I, I actually be curious Billy, when Billy the Bob year that it was out, like yeah, yeah it's like J Town. If you if you have a computer on you. No, I've got it right here. I've got it here. So okay. Michael Caine won for Cider House Rules, but get the fuck were, out! Really, wait a Michael Caine won for Cider House Rules. Hold on, hold on. Here were the other nominees. This is a get stacked year. Ninety-nine was a stacked year. Tom Cruise in Magnolia. Ooh. 
<laughs> Jude Law and talented Mr. Ripley and Haley Joel okay, Osment great. in Six Sense. I mean, Ooh, all of those. Are I mean, ha- Haley wow. Joe, Haley Joe. I, so that this is another top five that might need to happen. Is like top five winners and losers of the Oscar season. Oh, I like that. Of, of a year. So that'd be the next one. Okay, I like that. Yeah, I like you're hearing it here first, people. Yeah, 2007. It's like, all right, what what was like the big movie? You know, like, and who should have won? Who should who didn't win? This could be our next topic. This could be our next it. topic with Rory. I mean, you know, I if if I can just be like a regular part of this all the time, that would just be lovely. <laughs> Dude, we'd love to have you back as much as you fucking want. Yeah, and there we go. All right, rock on. And uh, if if wait, I need to say, I need to say about Green Mile that boys, I know beforehand I said there was one movie it was killing me to keep off the list, and that's it. That that's my number six. It is just nice. Ah, it's so good. Just when oh, you see Tom Hanks, he just can't do it. He can't give the order. It just kills you. It's just I mean he does eventually once you know Michael Clark makes it known it's okay it's okay but it's just oh it's it's heartbreaking on every level great pick great pick great um pick. but that leads into my number 2 which leads, yeah what's your number 2 yeah. All right. So my number two and my number one. I think we, there's a consensus that uh, Green Mile just for, threw us for a loop. It did. It did. And my number two, I'm curious if either of you have seen it. Um, there's, there's really two movies going into this that I knew were going to be on my list and going to be in the top spots. And this is one of them. I... Holy shit, there's not many movies that make, have made me have such an emotional reaction as this one. And it's a recent film. It's from 2016. Um, but I rewatched it this week and literally I cried just as much, if not more. And it is the film Lion. Ooh. It's Ooh. it's with Ooh. with Dev Patel, Dev Patel, yeah. Nicole Kidman, yeah. Rooney Mara. Um, oh man, it is absolutely. It, it actually, Mike, similar to Dead Poets in that it, it almost has a happy cry and a sad cry. This one just it, it absolutely destroys me. If if you haven't heard of it or haven't seen it. It is a true story um, about this kid who, when he is five years old, I believe it's when he's five years old, he's very young. He's separated from his family um, in India. He's out with his brother, uh, his older brother, and he ends up getting lost. He is taken in by an Australian family. Uh, in the movie, it's portrayed by Nicole Kidman and uh, David Wenham, but he's raised by them. He has a good life, and he does, though, wonder about his fa- his real family. And 25 years after he was separated from them, he sets out to go back and find them. And it's just... It is such an incredible movie. It's it's exciting. It's it's heartwarming. 
it absolutely kills you at times. And at the very end, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen it because it is somewhat new. Um, oh, man. At the end of the film, he ends up getting back to his village. And he keep in mind, he was so young when he was lost. He doesn't really remember when any of this was. So he has to go through these great lengths to find it. He finds it. And he's reunited with his mom. And it's this extremely, extremely emotional scene where you feel the catharsis and the happiness and the relief of both of them that they have seen each other again. They know that each other is alive after 25 years. And his mom even tells him, you know, that she never moved away from the village because she never lost faith that he was still alive and would come back one day. Get Even some. just talking about it almost brings me to tears. But yeah, get some, um, get, get some. Uh, and and then though, right when you're, you know, happy tears, they just twist the knife in your soul. And he asks about his brother, who you know is like his best friend, and his mother tells him that very sadly his brother died the same night that they were separated twenty five years ago. Ooh. And he was yeah, hit by a train. And also, it, I will say as a side detract from that, how the fuck do you get hit by a train? It, it, <laughs> I, I just don't I, don't. I don't understand how it happened. We'll dive into. This. <laughs> we'll dive into this in a second. But, they almost hit a train like two times. <laughs> uh, but they tell you you find that out, and it just fucking crushed me and it's like i i have to set the scene actually for this when i saw this with my brother dylan and then our other friend shout out, out to dylan, dylan right there. shout out dylan, dylan cohen that's a wine chug for you dill yes <laughs> and we have another friend out here also named dylan dylan finnerty so we just call him Finn. shout out to so. dylan wine chug shout, shout out to d, uh, d phil uh fuck me <laughs> fuck the devil <laughs> All right, so me, my brother, and Finn were at the theater seeing this, and I will never forget during this scene, all all of a sudden, I mean, the whole theater, you start hearing sniffles all over the theater, but the three of us were all just bawling, and all of us were sort of trying to hide it from the others, so, like, sort of were, like, not looking at the others, but we'd, like, sneak a little glance to be like, oh, is he crying too, and... We end the fucking movie, the lights come up, and we're all just fucking tears down our face. We're just like, we're never talking about this ever again. Oh, Obviously. I love it. I love it. I love Obviously, it. the story has come out. But yeah. uh, it, oh, man, it just kills That's me. So awesome. he, he finds this about his brother. And then the very end of the film, if you know, I can't wait to hear your guys take in one moment. But the very end of the film is he ends up walking up to the train tracks and he sees like a vision of his, of his brother at the age that he was, of course, when they were separated. And, uh, he's, you know, sort of, you see a little exchange between them and then it ends and it's just, uh, you find out in the final frame of the movie that all these years, so his name, Saru, S-A-R-O-O is what you've been, you've had the whole movie, but you discover that he's actually been mispronouncing his own name all these years. And it's actually Shuru, S-H-E-R-U. And that word means lion, which is just like, it gives me chills. It's like the most epic fucking, it's so unbelievable. And it's like, I literally, 
I'm going to be honest. I didn't even watch the full movie this week. I said, you know, it's that powerful that I said, let me see if I can put it on just the last 15 minutes and see if it still gets me. And I was like bawling in front of my girlfriend. She's like making dinner. I'm sitting over there literally like bawling my eyes out watching the end of this right. movie. And that's a movie that makes you cry. There it is. Like, like it that's is. like the essence of what we were trying to get at. Yes. And it, and, and this sort of my, my four, three and two picks are all a little bit about loss. And it's like this one really ties the knot on that. And it's just fuck, man. Besides the fact that it just gets me, it's such an incredible movie. If you haven't seen it, go see it. I think it was robbed, honestly, at the Oscars and should have won Best Picture. But um, yeah, he did. He fucking did. <laughs> Michael Clark being beaten out by Michael Caine in Cider House yeah, Rules. Are you fucking kidding me? Honestly, Jesus though, Haley Haley Joel Osment probably should have won that. True, he was a kid and he did an unbelievable <laughs> job in Sixth Sense. Yeah. All right. Well, so that's it. Jesus Christ. What do you, Mike? Have you seen Lion? Oh, I haven't. It's it's on my list, though. Well, I'm sorry, I ruined me, the entire thing. Yeah. Full disclosure: There's 2,148 films on my list as of right now. Uh, I would argue this should be in your top five to watch. That's how strongly I feel about this movie. I, I, I will say that, you know, there's a lot of great, there's a lot of different type of great theater experiences, mm -hmm. but everybody crying in this just sort of communal catharsis that literally exists nowhere else in our society is, is one of the more special ones. Uh, Agreed. Nailed it. Like, that nailed actually it. segues really yeah. good into my number one, but that'll have to wait a little bit. Yeah, so. It's not your turn, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Fucking hell yeah. Boys. Right, so now we, we have to go number one. Boys, we're at number Roar, you're at our, your first number one on the podcast. Uh, man, this is there's a lot of pressure here. There is. And this one, I, you know, I, I didn't quite know. So I, I've rearranged the way that I've done things, like the way that I wrote it. Uh, so this one does come up to number one, and okay. it's um, it'll be sort of. So this one is it's Macbeth, uh, the Fastbender version of Macbeth. Wow. Um, and. It's personal because the reason I decided that I love acting was uh, playing the character of Macbeth, and then watching wow. watching uh, watching that movie. I can only hope at at some point that I can make a movie that it looks as good or looks as cool as that. So this one is uh, for me. It's it's like the the self you know it's uh this one you is see my, yourself in it uh, yeah exactly and so this one makes me cry because i don't want to you know i think you know we've we've talked about loss we've talked about dreaming we've talked about you know all these things i think uh this one is uh don't let yourself down kind of concept so Macbeth, wow. fastbender Macbeth, and then that's it folks i'm done that's yeah. my vibe. You know, we can sign off. We're done. We're yeah. not even going to find out, Mike. Mike's number one. We're done. Macbeth, throw out the mic. I, you know what? I haven't seen Fastbender Macbeth, Rory. It's fantastic. It's really I good. now need, I mean, it's, I mean, it's your number one. Like, I need not, to see it. 
It's not the best. It's, you know, I think the Ian McKellen versions of Macbeth are better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's something, there's something about it that it's it's new age Macbeth that are just like, God, man, like, it's just be able to do that. And, and so, so sometimes I cry at the fact that, like, I, like, want to be able to do something and I can't mm-hmm. do it all the time. You know, like, or, like, I hope... It's like that hope that I could be that good. And, and Mac- so and like, it's just, it's just because it's Macbeth. And so is there like a specific, is it really just the overall thing and you could cry at any moment in the movie or is there a specific scene that it's really not brings it out of you? It's the uh, element of just what it is. You okay. Know? Wow. Just, so you yeah. can, dude, that's actually pretty incredible because you could really cry at any moment. It's really yeah. all about the symbolism it's, of the yeah, film to you. hundred percent. And so wow. now we're at symbolism. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. We've come a long way. We have. I feel like we've like circled the globe and this one, you know, this way, this was a hard topic because it really made me think, you know, personally, you know, what makes you cry? You know, it's, we, we get there and what, what is, what is a thing that, you know, that bothers you or, or, or something that moves you to emotion. And mm-hmm. so like my last two are, you know, October sky and then Macbeth. And, um, yeah, it's, it's important. It's to feel this way. It is important. We can have it absolutely fun. Absolutely is. Yeah. Oh. But you know, we can also have fun, but it's also, you know, you gotta have the, you gotta have the balance, but you gotta get. You gotta have the balance. You can't have fun if you don't have some good cries, some good emotional time. Exactly. Well. Exactly. So my honorable mentions are really fun. We're gonna get into those. Very yeah. Soon. So, um, Mikey. So that's that's. Uh, I I don't know. It's that's probably as deep as I want to go today. Okay, Mike. Have you seen <laughs> the Fastbender Macbeth? No, I haven't. I haven't. We both have to see this now. I think I will say I'm a little bit more down for Shakespeare, having rewatched Dead Poets Society this week. I feel into it, so maybe this so is you're the primed. perfect time. Yeah, but I've always felt I've always felt that uh, that movie O gets oh, like no oh, publicity whatsoever, but it's actually pretty good in terms fantastic, of a modern fantastic, fantastic movie, fantastic. Okay. I also haven't seen that. I guess I have to see it. I'm like fucking. Othello is an interesting concept as well. You know, Shakespeare knew what he was doing. You know, that's a that guy, hot take. Hot Shakespeare, take. Shakespeare. Shakespeare fucks. <laughs> hot take. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mike. We've come to the yeah, end of so the road. For my you, number my one friend. is. I, I, I guess I didn't want to admit it, but it's actually like sort of as personal in a sense. Like I think. These are all going to be heavy hitters, even if Whoa. it didn't wasn't the intention. But my number one is a Russell Crowe movie that is not Gladiator. Wow! It is the 2005 movie Cinderella Man. Oh, good one! God, good one. And so this is the basically a you know a telling of a real life person, Jimmy Braddock. Uh, a boxer who, by a very strange series of coincidences, you know, briefly, briefly ascended to heavyweight champion uh, in the 30s and then lost his next fight, but that's not important. 
Um, <laughs> and, you know, there's a lot of people that watch this uh, and the sort of inspirational angle, like almost the sort of rocky side of it uh, is what gets them. And that's great. But that's that's not really what does it for me. For me, it's the first like 40 minutes where there's probably like six times that I'm crying because it's just like Great Depression era stuff. And I think ever since I've read like Grapes of Wrath, whatever grade you do that in, like sixth grade or whatever, like that stuff has just you always got Grapes of Wrath in the sixth grade, that's... Uh, when do you read it? I don't like, know. I want my kid to get to that education. Don't, don't do it. It's sad. So yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah, and there's so many scenes. I mean, he goes from being, you know, uh, a boxer to basically working on the docks. He gives up his own food to just like feed his daughters. They have to send the kids away to like people that could basically afford to feed them because they can't keep the heat on. You know, he goes to like, say the, the boxing like office at like the kind of the bar actually, like uh, this offshoot Madison square garden arena and just like sits there begging for money just to be able to like pay his bills and just the, the, the pain on his face of not being able to be that provider for his family is just, it's just too much for me. I mean, and and I don't think any of us have, have kids, but you know, if you've ever, if you've ever struggled to pay any bill in your life, you know, you just know what he's feeling and it's just, Oh God, it just, it just absolutely kills me. And Russell Crowe's incredible. Renee Zellweger's incredible. Paul Giamatti also really good in this movie. Shout out to Paul uh, Giamatti because he is love he, that big, guy. Big yeah. shout out to and, Lady and, in the Water. And, no, and, I'm just and Renee Zellweger because she kills it. Yeah, she does. She really, and, she really does. And when she says you're the champion of my heart, James J. Brack or whatever she says, that absolutely kills me. There's like so many times this movie, I just can't keep it together. I just. Um, it's it's interesting because like we said, you know, with sports kind of the coming together uh, and sort of overcoming the odds is generally the thing. But this one, it's just, you know, seeing them just to struggle uh, and knowing that everybody else is really struggling at that same level. It's just it's really fucking hard to watch. Wow. So that's, that's, I. Yeah, that's 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 a good one. <laughs> you explained that beautifully. I am sad to admit I haven't seen either of your number ones. I haven't seen it. Really? Yeah. Come on. What are you doing? What have you been watching? I, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the weird uh, thing about Cinderella Man is that it didn't do very well at all at the box office. It he, made just like a few, like a few dollars. Good movies, good movies don't, right? True, it's true. Like, but it got a bunch of nods, a lot of uh, nominations. So, oh man, I'm gonna see it. I'm gonna watch it. Um, great, great. This is one of the, this is one of the. I feel like there's always at least one or two that on the podcast we're like, "What the fuck? What a dumbass pick!" This one has not had any of those. This one has not had any of those. What's we're so, all like so, we're all like being so complimentary. Oh, that's a great yeah. pick. That's a great pick. Um, Wait, so Tom, before you go, let's let's do a quick summary yes. of all of our picks. Then you can do yours. So, Rory, give your five real quick. Yeah, so, go from five click, to one, Roar. Click. How to Train Dragon Two, Two Miracle, October Sky, and Macbeth. Okay, I'm Phone Booth, Into the Wild, Dead Poet Society, Green Mile, Cinderella Man. And I 
am The Art of Racing in the Rain, About Time, Armageddon, Lion, and my number one, which also deals with loss, but not in the way that we've been dealing with it in all my other picks. This is actually about the loss of youth and having to let go of your childhood. My number one is Toy Story 3. Oh, I, you know what? I, I had a feeling that it was going to come up. Wow. So Toy Story 3 came out in 2010. We all, we all know what toys, the Toy Story series is. But, you know, of course, we have Tom Hanks as Woody, Tim Allen as Buzz Lightyear. And, man, talking about the communal cries in the theater, there has never, ever been a movie I have seen in theater where everyone in unison was crying as much as this. I saw this in 2010 in New York City. At where was it? It was at the uh, it was up at what what is it? Lincoln uh, Lincoln Center or whatever, uh, Lincoln Square. But it was at the IMAX theater there. I went with uh, my good friend Lauren Beagler and shout out Lauren Beagler, take a drink. And holy <laughs> fuck, there was like I'm drinking a whole bottle of wine. We saw this movie at fucking 9 a.m., 9 a.m. in the morning. On opening day, the theater was fucking packed and had to be 700 people in this fucking big IMAX theater. First, the scene, of course, where all the toys are sitting in the circle thinking they're all going to die. I mean, that started a little bit a little bit tearing up for me. But then, of course, the final scene of the film. Andy, you know, Andy is who has owned the toys throughout the first two films at the end of this one, he decides to give them to Bonnie. He's leaving for college. It's time to move on. And it's such, Oh my God. It, it's a moment that I think everyone, whether it's in this specific of a way or another way, it's a moment that every human goes through sort of that transition from childhood to the next step, whether it's adulthood or whether it's, you know, I guess being a young adult, but like pretty much it, it, first of all, he starts giving the toys away and then Bonnie sees Woody in the box and Andy had not planned to give away Woody, who was always his favorite toy. And he sees him and he he at first is like, how, how did Woody get in there? And she sort of goes to grab him and he gets a little bit almost jealous for a second. He's like, like almost like he doesn't want to give him away. And then he thinks about it and he's like, you know what? Okay. And he explains all the ways that the toys, especially Woody, have been there for him over his whole childhood. And he plays with them one last time with Bonnie. And then he gets in his car, he sits there and he sort of looks, looks back at them. And he says to himself that he's like, he's looking at me. He's like, thanks guys. And it's, you, you feel it so much in the sense of we all, 
and and Woody, by the way, looks back sort of as he's driving away. So long, partner. And then it it ends. But it's like, yeah, it's an animated film. Just, you know, Rory had how to train your dragon two on there. And and sometimes the animated films, man, they get you the most. And they do. They they, they do. Yeah. And and Pixar especially has a knack for it. But with Toy Story three specifically, it's it's that moment. I'm someone that. I'm I'm a kid at heart, you know. I I think that I always will be young at heart, maybe more so than certain people. And letting go of being young has always been something that I knew I would struggle with and that I have struggled with and it's like God, that's a that's man, that's a, yeah, that's a that's a thing. Yeah, and it's that's like I'll, I I when I first saw this, I was in college. And so I'd, I'd go, I'd done the high school to college jump, which, which hadn't, I mean, it gets you, but it, it's a different jump. Yeah, it's it, a different it, jump, but, but I can that relate matur- this. That maturation process is, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. And I can relate this. I can relate this, you know, even more, it, it gets more and more relatable for me, this scene as I get older. So it's like when I graduated college and I, I left that behind and then it was the, the quote unquote real world and, you know, having to figure out being an adult, having, you know, having a job, being someone that takes care of yourself at all times, you know, that for me, it was paying bills, paying bills. That, (laughs) that moment hit me hard, but, but honestly, so I'm 31 now we're all, all three of us are in our thirties now. And I honestly think the moment it hit me the hardest thus far in my life was when I turned 30 because again, it's, it's just a number, but it is symbolic of a lot. And at least I've noticed my life change quite a bit since around that age. And it's like, as someone that truly, truly cherishes being young, you know, I love, I love a fucking good party. I love playing fucking, you know, just being with the guys playing beer pong just being young and reckless, going out to the bars. As you get older, whether or not you love it just as much, more and more your friends drop off and they grow up. They decide maybe they're not as into that stuff anymore. And you have less and less friends that want to do that type of stuff with you. And God, God, it, uh, you're hitting that. <laughs> and, it really fucking hits me, man. Like letting, so bottom line to me, it almost at this point in my life, it's symbolic of letting go of my twenties, which I, I don't know if I'll ever, you know, some, and so many people say, as you get older, it gets better. So it, it probably, I fingers crossed it will, but I've always thought my twenties would be the best, the best part of life. Like where you're at that perfect sort of primed age of, I can do whatever the fuck I want. Cause I'm an adult, but I'm young enough that I'm enjoying all of those things. I'm a lot, you know, now I can do and letting go of that has been something internally that really has made it, it, it makes me sad, but it, this scene with Andy, I feel like it is just part of everyone's life cycle. Whether it's going out of high school into college or into wherever, if you don't go to college into the real world, whether it's college to real world, whether it's just being an adult and, you know, getting older, having to let go is a part of life and nothing resonates with me. I think as much as those type of hitting in the feels 
and this movie does it so perfectly that it just it kills me man and again as you get older and you guys i'm sure would say the same you really do realize just how fucking fast time flies and you say it you say it and every year you say it more and more and it's really true man like you really got to cherish every moment you have and I, now I'm just going. Now I'm just rambling, so I'll end it. No, but, no, that, I, I think you, you freaking like. I hate using the term. You nailed it on the head, but like, I mean, I mean, you've just voiced a lot of things that you know I worry about constantly. Constantly, I'm worried about it. Mm-hmm. And and uh, it's like sometimes you just have to let go, and that's where the catharsis is. Is that yes, you just have to you you have to let go, and you know. God willing, whatever everybody does and moves on to, you know, mm-hmm. there, there are different chapters of life. Totally. There are and, different chapters of life and, you know, it's, you know, I, yeah, fuck it. I want to be and that's 20, sort of what I th- five again and just ripping cigarettes. <laughs> just and that's ripping the thing cigarettes, you- not giving two shits about anybody. And I think a lot of people wish they could be, in theory, you know, of course, the special part of life is going through the whole thing. But in theory, a lot of people say, I wish I could fucking be 25 forever. And it there is a truth to that. You know, you do in a part of you does does wish that. And it's like, I think, I mean, part of part of you also, like, as you get older, there's sort of like this responsibility, you know, uh, the, the way you know to 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 bring you know my fiance and I are you know we're, we're thinking about obviously we're thinking about getting married but it's because my fiance but it's um you know getting married and then having having a family and and keeping that you know that joie de vivre kind of feel mm-hmm. and 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 you know you you had your time you know, you had your time and then now it's time to like let somebody else have their time kind of concept. A hundred percent. And dude, that and that's going to I mean, I I know not everyone, of course, has to think about that. And but I know like for you and me specifically, Roar, two people that will at some point be thinking about that next step. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's, that is going to be another moment. I think where this movie, this ending hits fucking hard. And it's like, and, and, and I will say the end does have a, does have a slight hopefulness to it. And it's, it is saying it's okay. Like it's, you have, these are the chapters of our life and it'll be okay. And it's like at the end when Woody says so long partner, then they all get right back to it. And that's what you see. You see at the end, they're all going to be okay. They ha- they have a new home. Andy's going to his new chapter. And that is the circle of life. And it's like it. Oh, man. It's just. It's, yes, it's it, so. It, God damn, you nailed it. What a good, what a good like, last movie to like. <laughs> what a good uh, last movie to end on. Seriously. It. It gets me. Thanks, man. It gets me every time. And it's uh, and I have to just really give the, the, the littlest, the smallest shout out to the fact that Toy Story is so fucking good that they were able to do it again in Toy Story 4. And, you know, obviously with these lists, we don't allow multiple films in a franchise, but that's one of my honorable mentions. I and I just want to say Toy Story 4, man, the- multiple. 
No, yeah, you can't. But but you know, you, you thankfully you didn't even need it because you, you just didn't do it anyway. But Toy Story Four somehow is able to give us an ult- an incredible cry as well. Which I'm just gonna say it because I feel like it it carries on what we're getting at with three. The end of four, Woody decides he you know he finds um, Bo Peep who he had not seen in a very long time and was sort of, we find out sort of like the love of his life that got away, but he's always done everything to be there for his owners and for the other toys and everyone. He's never really taken the time to do what's right for him. And it's like at the end of the movie, there's this incredible scene where Woody thinks he has to say goodbye to her again. And he'll probably never see her again. He says bye. And, and buzz, you know, they've been trying to get back to Bonnie and Buzz looks at Woody and he says, she'll be okay. And you think he's saying, Bo Peep will be okay. But then he says, Bonnie will be okay. And essentially saying, oh, it's making me tear up talking about it. It's yeah. making him say, like, it's okay, go. Woody. We got it. We got it's it. okay, Woody. Cry. You can, you can, we really, I'm teared up right now. He says, yeah. you can, you know. It's okay. He's pretty much saying, it's okay. You you can leave us. You can leave Bonnie. We're all going to be okay. It's time for you to go on your journey. And he leaves with Bo Peep and he, he says his goodbye. I'll probably never see Buzz and the crew again. And it's such a beautiful ending. And it, it's almost like another chapter of life where it's like you get past that stage where and for me, like friends are so fucking important. So they'll never not be important. But it's like that that point in life where it's like, okay, I'm going to do now what's the best thing for me, which is, you know, you find you find the right girl. You want to go off on an adventure with her. It's almost like you never lose the love for the other people, but you that's your number one now. And you think that it's a whole nother chapter of life. So Toy Story is just very fucking poignant is my point. But Toy Story three is my number one. I just rambled, but I hope that it was lovely for everyone. It was a good. Uh, ramble. It was a good ramble. Thank you, know, you. It was Mike. What do you think? We haven't heard from Mike. He's well, been, he's been letting me talk. He's been letting me talk. No, no I think I think uh, I mean you've said a lot, but I think maybe a tangential point that we did not mention is the sort of general kind of loss of innocence film, which is yes. another one that can definitely get you. You know, animated Iron Giant absolutely oh, gets me. The Supermans. Yeah. Remember the Titans. Oh, that uh, was not my. That, that's one of my honorable mentions. Uh, it, oh, my girl, but that's another one that gets me. Oh, I've never seen it's, that one. You should definitely watch it. Okay. Uh, should, uh, wait, the the Outsiders is another one that I don't like that film, but like it's a is similar the idea. Uh, who 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 are the two in it? It's um, so many people. Yeah, Matt Dillon. Yeah, Outsiders. Matt Dillon. Emilio Estevez. Tom Cruise. Swayze, um, Swayze. Oh my God! Really? Stacked. Yes, stacked. That's a, that's a movie that I, I. That's a movie that I. Machia, Ralph Machia. Wait, what? Oh, Ralph Machia's in it. Yeah, isn't he uh, Johnny? Oh my God! Yes, yes. Dude, what a stacked fucking cast. That's um, a stacked cast. That's a stacked cast. <laughs> so, how much did that cost? Boys, um. Roar, I'm, we're going to let you start. Give us some honorable mentions. So if one got pulled already, but it was, yeah, Remember the Titans was a big one. Uh, yep. You know, yep. I, I really wanted to keep that on the list. 
um, it's such a good movie. I mean, because that, that goes back so to good. friendship and just, you know, we all bleed the same blood kind of concept. Oh, yeah. Um, what what else did I have? I had Center Stage, which is uh, a ballet movie. Great wow, time. what a fucking pull. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, this, so my mom was a ballet dance, ballet dancer, shout out to, uh, Katie Cosgrove, um, beautiful dancer. And it just makes me think about my mom. So that's that one. Um, uh, you know, shit. I, I, I don't know. Like I said, those were like my two that I left off the list, but I wish I could have, they could have been on the list. So that'll, that'll, that'll be those two. And then there's like, I thought about, uh, you know, How to Train a Dragon 1. 2 is more mm. important to me. But mm. you know, I'm glad that we didn't go through the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like, Mike, you mind if I throw a couple out there? No, no, go ahead. So I obviously, you, I already said Green Mile would have been 6, Toy Story 4. Um but yeah, I had a couple that you or I had I also Roar on Mine had click. Um nice. I'd say a couple big ones for me that didn't quite make it besides those. Uh one would be her, the Joaquin Phoenix Spike mm-hmm. Jones film. Um that's like a movie I think that's one of the best movies of the past decade. Um Roar, you said you I haven't don't. seen it? Spike Jones. Spike right? Jones. Wait, yeah. you haven't seen it, Roar? I haven't seen it. Mike, have you? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll Roar. Highly recommend. Really fucking hits me in all of the feels. It gets me to tear up, but it's not like a full-on cry. It's more, and I know, like, I think, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I know we talked about it before a little bit. It's one of those movies that makes me so incredibly existential sort of thinking about life and it makes me like almost depressed for days after watching it but it's it's that depressed where it's not like I'm like oh why the fuck are you watching it then it's like no no I feel fucking alive because I feel this way from this movie and it's like that her does that to me another movie that does that to me in a big way that it doesn't make me cry but I don't think it's definitely one of the movies that has affected me most in my whole life is Vanilla Sky. Mm. Um, Vanilla Sky, I'm surprised that it didn't get brought up. Yeah, I mean, it was one of my favorite movies ever. I, I watched it just to check if it really made me cry. It doesn't make me cry. It just gives me that pit in my stomach like... I think yeah. about life for literally days after yeah. because it's it's unbelievable if you've if you've seen it you know and if you haven't I don't I mean I am ruining the movie but I feel like you'll get what I'm Go getting at by saying it, it. After the end it. of the film you essentially find out that Tom Cruise has been in a lucid dream for so long every single human he's ever known in his life has died and he learns about how his real life ended, and it's pretty depressing. So, and on, on top of that one, Truman Show kind of oh, thought about. Yes, Truman, yeah, Truman Show would, would have been another one that I would thrown in, just because, like, is exactly what you're explaining. Yes. Oh yeah. my God, so similar in that sense. But yeah, end of Vanilla Sky. Essentially, 
he has to make a choice. Does he want to be brought back because his body was, you know, frozen in like a crypto thing? But it'll be many, 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 many years in the future where no one that he no one that he ever knew is still alive. Or does he want to keep living in this lucid dream? He'll forget that he's living in it. So it'll be like real life and this dream like state. And he chooses the real life and it's very emotional and it makes you think, what would I pick and how would it be to live in a life a hundred, whatever, 150 years in the future where no one you ever knew was alive? It, it's very, very sad. But anyways, that one. And then I think the last couple I'm going to throw out uh, hardball was one that made me cry as a kid Ooh. when baby G G baby uh, dies. Um, uh, yeah, that. Yeah. And then uh, Is that Keanu Reeves. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I love Keanu. And then the two last ones I got to throw out, which don't make me cry today, which is why they aren't on it. But were two of the first like three movies that really made me cry. And they make me sad still. They just don't make me full on cry is The Lion King and Titanic. Um, yeah. I've seen Mufasa's death scene. Titanic. And I was like, eh, Titanic. Eh. Made me cry as a kid, man. I saw it four times in theaters. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's there's a bunch of Disney movies, right? That like once you've seen them, they lose a little bit. But like, yes, the, the first time you see Nemo, I mean, you know, Bambi, I mean, Lion King, those movies will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. They will, and they do. But it's like when you keep watching, like Mike, you and me both, Lion King's like one of our favorite movies of all time. But best movie of all time, best movie ever made. I know. I I didn't want to presume that it was a hundred percent your favorite, but I know it's mine. So now it, I know it's both of ours. Best movie ever made, and it's like Mufasa dying kills me inside. But at this point, I don't cry from it. You know, yeah, exactly. Because Scar is the hero of the movie. Oh dear seven. fucking lord! I can't <laughs> deal with this shit. Mike thinks Scar is like the low key fucking hero. God damn it! Somehow he yeah. is. <laughs> God, I have the one other guy that might fucking be able to agree with this guy. Fucking Uh, lunatics. Anyway, Mike, what are some of your honorable mentions? Here's here's some movies that I think are super emotional, like Mm -hmm. maybe more genre films that not necessarily make you cry, but are interesting nonetheless. So Hero is uh, an incredibly emotional movie that almost – it changes the way that you're thinking and maybe that's the only reason why you don't cry, but it just deals with, you know, kind of the, the honor side of it and also kind of the love side of it. Jet Li is awesome, but uh, Zhang Yimou is an amazing filmmaker. I love that movie. Wow. Good shout out. Good shout out. Mm-hmm. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a shout out right there. Dances with wolves. Uh, never oh. makes me cry. I rewatched it yesterday, but this movie just fucking kicks ass and it doesn't make me cry but it's like emotional for four hours so it's like you could lose it at any moment but i think maybe seeing it a few times takes something away from it but there's so many different sides about you know i mean ultimately i think you you kind of want to be kevin costner and you miss the idea of the frontier and his relationship with the sioux is awesome but then also you know we talked about all these movies with dogs but you know, the way he interacts with two socks, the wolf, it just the whole thing is, is just crazy. It's, it never brings me like over the edge, but it's just, yeah, emotional for, for four straight hours, which is an accomplishment in itself. Um, Fuck yeah. And good I'll throw pull. out. That's a good pull. Good pull. 
I'll throw out a couple of interesting sort of horror movies. Uh, horror. One would be <laughs> the original Godzilla from 1954. So if you guys haven't actually seen this, if you've only seen the later versions, like I don't know how many there are, but there's like 30. I haven't and seen all, it. All 29 of them are like the same movie, except the very, very first one is super emotional and it's you know 54 so it's not that far after the war and it's it's basically the similar idea about like self-sacrifice um and, and the the backdrop is essentially that this person feels the only way to kill godzilla and prevent future nuclear war uh, which all the people in the country are feeling is to sort of kill them kill themselves in this like pr- it's pretty emotional way um and and obviously you know there's a million of them, so this this film has uh, been well respected by the sort of horror community. <laughs> and the very last one that I will shout out is a movie that I I tried to get everybody into, and no one's ever been into it. So <laughs> I will try one last time. Try it is a, a horror movie from 1991 called Mom. What? Uh, yeah, this movie absolutely kicks ass. Uh, it is about a uh, like a sweet little old grandma who they don't really say it specifically in the movie, but if you read like reviews about it, um, you are led to believe that she becomes like a werewolf. But anyway, she becomes like a monster. And, uh, you know, her son is trying to deal with the fact that her his sweet little mom is secretly a werewolf. So like the subtext of it is, you know, about kind of dealing with, um, you know, older uh, parents who are like potentially, you know, coming down with dementia or something like that, where you can't really sort of let them be on their own. And then kind of what you're seeing on the screen is this this sweet woman who, because of this disease she has, is effectively like eating the people that she feels closest to. And it it, it is a horror movie, so it oh, never terrifying. quite takes you there. Even all the way until the very end, it's it's super emotional and actually is just an awesome movie. Leave it to Mike to give us some horror movies that that you can cry to. La- uh, seriously, and then I, you know, Nate, this made me think of one. Shout out Coraline. It's uh, oh yeah, it's would that it's sort of horror. Yeah, it's, it's a little it, bit. It's it's got that spook factor yeah, but also a movie that is emotional because it's like love your parents mm-hmm. love your parents kids. Mm-hmm. as you should love your parents kids yeah. and i've got uh, one last one and then we're and then i'm done at least but blood diamond my main man leo oh gets uh, in, in diallo uh why am i blanking on his name well, you just fucking Probably butchered diallo. it but that's okay i can't say it either yeah, I, I did butch it. <laughs> we know, we know, we know who we're all talking about. We love you, by the way. Yeah. But um, yes, 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 yes. I didn't want to butcher it right now. You didn't butcher it. You did it right. Because um, he's never back down. Forget. Oh, oh my god! Shout out, never back down. Um, fucking. But anyway, yeah, Blood Diamond. Actually, actually, I thought that up on the spot. I somehow didn't rewatch that. I'm like the biggest fucking Leo fan ever. And that movie definitely, when I first saw it, made me cry. So I wonder if it would now. But Ooh, anyways. Hey now. Hey now, hey now. But that's it for me. That's you boys done me. too with the I'm honorables? Done. I'm done. Very quick, very quick shout outs that are, are like staples of this that somehow we all <laughs> missed. 
Gladiator. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was actually on my honorables. I forgot to say it. Goodwill Hunting. Oh, Uh, yeah. Yeah. Also, one more from that famous list that didn't quite. (laughs) Forrest Gump. Oh, yeah. A lot of people say that one. doesn't quite get me climbing. I rewatched that and Gladiator, and they both didn't make me straight up cry. They made me sad, of course, but that's why they're not the, on my the list. The end of Gladiator still gets me really close, but mm-hmm. the you know when his family dies, obviously you've seen it so many times that it, it loses the effect. Totally, totally. Right. The end with the song and everything by Hans Zimmer almost gets you still. But I love Hans um, Zimmer. Shout out, Hansy. Big shout out, Hansi. Let's take a fucking big old swig for Hans. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, I think well, we did boys, it. I think I think we did it. I think you know we're I mean, all getting was, reasonably drunk, and I mean this was this was a powerful a powerful podcast in my mind. You know, hey, just like, what a goddamn journey! And roar, yeah. You're the I you're, like we went you're on the a journey. In a way, you're the first guest because it's like not not to discredit at all how incredible my brother and Alex have been, but it's like, it's literally, I mean, you're, you know what I'm saying by this? They're literally my family, my, my longtime girlfriend and my brother. You're also my family. Cause as you know, my friends are my fucking family, Gets but it's, you're the first friend Gets to come on the podcast. So this is a big fucking episode right it's here. Big episode. And I can't, I, I, you know, as we were talking about gratitude and a lot of things that we talked about, you know, oh. this was just massively awesome. I'm so happy that I was able to come on this podcast and do it with you guys. Dude, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you. I can't wait to have you many more times. Uh, we're coming back. Agreed. I and mean, we got top five soundtracks. We got top five. Well, well, Roar, you, Mike, we, we, I don't think I've even told you this yet, Mike, but Rory this week we're, we're talking obviously about this and he's like, he hits me up. He goes, he's like, Wait, he's like, are we doing? He's like, should we do top five movies that make you cry or top five TV episodes that make you cry? And I was like, well, bro, I was like, that's a whole nother fucking ball game. That one episode of Futurama, that's just like way too sad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I actually know exactly what you're talking about, but dude, with Doc, oh yes, but literally, I was like. I might actually have more episodes of TV that make me cry than movies. And I go, that's the next, that's the next. Yeah. Yeah. Is the, is this, is the initial series with Rory, the cry series. It's like, first we do the movies, then we do the episodes, then we do the songs. It's like, okay. You know, it's the cry series. It's the cry. Yeah. You know, you get, you get, you get some of that and you know, and then we get onto the next bit. Yeah. And we go on to the next bit. Boom. I think Why a beautiful not? little I think a beautiful little relationship on the podcast has started here, yeah. people. And it's um, just thank you guys uh, for having me. It's great. We we fucking loved having you. We really yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, Cannot wait to do it again. Yes. Cannot cue, wait. Cue fantastic music right now. Yes, oh, and yeah. now yeah. as That's we a- all know, the one, the only the Zach Wexelman, the real Topeka people. You get it right now. The top fives and deep dives theme song. And hey, before we do it, okay, if you want to reach us, if you want to reach us, Instagram at top fives and deep dives. If you want to email us, top fives and deep dives at gmail.com, Twitter at top dives. 
Hey, we'll see you next week. Rory, it's been a goddamn pleasure. We'll see you again soon. Mike, I love you. Have a good night in London. We'll see you next time, people. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM. Top fives and deep dives with Tata PTM.